Hi, I'm Rick Atkins, pastor here at CFCC. Welcome. We hope you enjoy this sermon and that God uses it to grow you in your relationship with Him. Before we get started, our goal is not to replace your investment in a local church with online content. We were made for community. We want to encourage you to engage in a local church with your gifts. See, when the people of God invest in the community of God, they experience the transformative power of God. And that is our hope and prayer for you. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. Amen. So, how about that junior worship team, huh? How about that? Is that not incredible? Just so, so good. So, so good. I, um, I, I said, told first service, I saw Mike Dutcher back there taking notes. He was scouting for the future, and so he's got, he's got a good heads up on what's happening here soon. You know, I, um, when we were talking about the children today and looking, I, I get the privilege most Sundays of sitting out front or standing out front and, and just, you know, welcoming people and greeting them and, and saying goodbye. And one of the coolest sights that I get every, day, every Sunday is this. When, when, when the you know, church ends, you just sometime come out there and just watch with me and see the number of children that just start coming out the doors. Again, I'm not saying that they're ready to get out of church. I'm just saying they're excited about whatever's next. But just to see them just, just explode out the doors is, is, is just an amazing thing because the truth is they are our tomorrow, right? I mean, they are. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Well, I got an opportunity last week to sit down with our children's director, Brett Cloutier, and, and we just discussed uh, just how God is blessing us in this area of our church. And so, if you would, check out this video. Good morning, Brett. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being with us. Hey, let's talk a little bit about children's ministry and on average, how many children now do we have on a Sunday? Right now, we're averaging between 120 and 130 kids, wow. but combined for both services. So combined, and then where, where does that compare to, say, a year ago? A year ago, I would say we probably had an average of 90. That's a, that's a huge increase. What do you yeah. think is attributed to that? What, what is it? Well, our area is growing tremendously. Um, according to the U.S. Census, Census Bureau, um, it says that Myrtle Beach is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And I'm sure you can see that everywhere you go. I mean, I feel like I see neighborhoods going up everywhere. Um, and our elementary schools are overflowing as well. Well, you know, obviously we're excited about this new family center coming. Mm, and uh, yes. when you think about that and dream about that, what excites you most? I just love that we're going to have... A central location you know right now you probably notice we're split between two hallways and so when we have this new um, family ministry building everyone's gonna be able to come together you can drop your kids off in one spot um, and we'll have more space that's gonna be our own that we can do kind of whatever we want with it and uh, we'll be able to separate the grades a little bit more so they're not as crammed Neat. yeah Neat. Well, for our congregation, too, could you just explain to them what a typical Sunday looks like for, for when a child comes into children's ministry? Yeah, so they come in, they get checked in, and then dropped off at their age-appropriate group. Um, 
and then they'll do some small group activities. They come together for a Bible story and some worship songs, and then they separate and do some more activities that really um, drive home whatever virtue or theme that they're learning from the lesson that day. That is neat. Yeah. Well, um, what can we as a church, what can we do to, to continue to help you grow this next generation of leaders? Yeah, there's so many different ways. Um, you know, if you're interested at all in being part of our team and leading a class, we do all the work for you. Um, you don't have to come up with your own lessons. We do the lessons and put the materials for the activities together so that you can show up and um, just teach the kids about Jesus every Sunday. Um, you can also help out during the week. There's so many opportunities. Um, if you can give financially, that would be wonderful, or just be in prayer for, for what God's doing because he is just really growing our church family in tremendous ways, and we want to be able to welcome and accommodate all the families that come here on Sundays. Wow. Well, Brett, just please know this. On behalf of the church, I just want to thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for preparing this next generation of Christian leaders. Yeah, of course. And we have amazing volunteers already in our program. So I'm so thankful for all the people that come here on a Sunday and just make the kids feel like they're home and safe. Great. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Good morning, Brett. Yeah. You know, we, we do have so many volunteers that do an amazing job with Brett. And um, they, they really... Uh, do an incredible job with our children, and it's it's such a neat thing. Well, before we go into the message today, um, there is a lot that's going on in our world today, uh, especially, obviously, right now in the Middle East. And um, let me do this. Let me share an opportunity with you, and then we'll spend a couple minutes praying for that. Well, on Monday nights, I, I don't know how many of you know this, but on Monday nights from 6.15 to 7.00, there's a group of people that meet in here to pray. And uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, I know that they're going to be focusing on these world events. And so they would like nothing better than to have a full house. So I want to invite you to come if, you, if you'd like to pray and, and, and just be among uh, believers. And uh, it's short and it's quick, but it's great and it's powerful. So please do that. And then let me pray for what's going on today. Heavenly Father God, Lord, there are many this morning who are grieving the loss of family members and or friends. And there are others, God, who, who don't know if their family members are alive or dead. And so, God, we pray. We pray for Israel, and we pray for all of the Middle East. We pray first and foremost, God, that they are turning to you, knowing only that you can bring comfort in the chaos and peace in the not knowing. I also pray today, God, that, that you would be with this congregation and that we also would turn to you for guidance, for wisdom, and for stability in an unstable world. You, God, never change. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at the, um, the book of Acts today for a little bit. And, and in this book, it provides us with an eyewitness account of the birth, the growth, and the spread of the early Christian church. Uh, beginning in Jerusalem with a small group of disciples, the message of Jesus Christ spread through the Roman Empire. 
empowered by the Holy Spirit, this small band of believers, they taught, they healed, and they demonstrated love anywhere that would allow them to. And wherever God sent them, lives and history were changed. And guys, we see an example of this starting in Acts chapter 3. Here, what we're told is that, that Peter and John were going to the temple to pray at the 3 o'clock hour. And, and by the power of the Holy Spirit on the way in, Peter heals a man who had been lame from birth. And, and as you can imagine, when people saw a man who had never walked, jumping and running around, a buzz began to stir, right? And there was suddenly a crowd all around him. Well, Peter, seeing this as a great opportunity, he begins to share with the audience about the history of the prophets who had been killed for speaking the truth of Jesus, leading all the way up to the killing of Jesus himself. And, and then in chapter 4, what we read is that because of what Peter and John were sharing, because it was very offensive, the priest, the captain of the guard, along with the Sadducees, they seized both Peter and John and they placed them in jail for the night. And the next morning, the same group comes together and they ask them one question. By what power or what name did you perform this miracle? They're saying, hey, how'd you guys do this? Right? How'd you do this? And I love that Peter was so direct and, and so to the point. In Acts 4.10, he says this. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. No question about who was getting the glory. Again, in Acts 4.12, he says this. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which he must be saved. Just a lesson for us. He, he never tried to baffle them with his brilliance. He just simply shared the gospel. And, and, and since the man who was lame, the man who had never walked, was, was healed and standing right beside them, there was really no way for this group to charge them. So we're told that they released both Peter and John. And then in verse 30, 23, excuse me, verse 23, we're told that, that they went back to their own people and they shared everything that had happened. And it says this, they all raised their voices together in prayer to God. 29 through 30 shares this prayer. It says this, it says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your words with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I love this prayer because see what they weren't saying was God would you please get these people away from us they're bothering us they're keeping us from doing what we're supposed to do but instead what they're saying is God would would you equip us would you empower us to work through this situation and and I think sometimes you know we want to go around when God's trying to lead us through so look what God does verse 31 it says this after they prayed Okay, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Think about this place shaking today. I think some of us would be too. Amen. But see, this godly boldness was a little different because this godly boldness, it wasn't that they were praying to God to make them look powerful and smart. But what they were saying here was, give us the courage and the wisdom to share what's true and godly, despite the fact that it may land us in jail 
or even worse, cost us our lives. That was the boldness that they were asking for. And then look at what happens with their obedience. Verse 32, this thing you'll see today, it just kind of keeps building. Verse 32, it says this, all the believers, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of the possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had. Can you imagine this kind of unity in our world today? Can you imagine now, does this mean that suddenly everyone did everything the exact same way or that they read all the same books or had all the same personality? No, no. You see, they didn't turn into robots. But what happens is God makes us all different and gives us different interest and gifting so that we're not only capable of doing what he's called us to do, but so that you and I can reach different people. You'll reach someone different than I do because of, of our personality or our background. But what I want you to see is what this is saying. Because what it is saying is that what they did have in common was a belief. A common belief that was so powerful that it was changing how they see, how they feel, how they love, how they speak, and even how they act. This belief was a belief that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, defeated all sin past, present, and future by living a completely sinless life. And then he willingly died on the cross, which was the price that sin demanded. A belief that he was raised from the dead on the third day, never to die again, thus fulfilling the, the thus defeating death as well. And a belief that only Jesus Christ could fulfill perfectly all that was asked, making him the one and only Savior of the world. You see, that's what they believed. And that's what they all had in common. And even with all their different personalities and experiences, that common belief is what made them capable of being one in heart and mind. Then again, look at the results again of this unity. At the end of verse 32, it says this. It says, no one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. No one claimed any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. Now think about that statement, right? No one claimed that anything was theirs. Those are fighting words in our world today. Those are fighting worlds. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's not mine. I worked for it. I earned every bit of it. It ought to be mine to do with what I want. And now you want me to give it away? But I want you to see this this morning. Listen, please, this is really important. No one forced or shamed anyone into doing anything. And no one put some kind of guilt trip on them. You see, again, this was the result of a common belief that was changing people's hearts. This was Jesus taking the scales off of their eyes, which enabled them to see and care about the needs of those around them. I love how 2 Corinthians says this, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. It says this, it says, each of you should give what you've decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Guys, this 
This is the result of the work of Christ in the heart of believers that causes and allows us to think differently than the rest of the world. And when you and I, when we're able to truly understand that all we have was given to us by God, now we hold it loosely. Now we hold it loosely trusting that he will be the one providing for our needs with enough left over to care for others. You see, there's nothing natural about this, right? There, there's nothing worldly about this way of thinking. This is supernatural, and it's Jesus who is in us coming out of us. And then we get the rest of the story in verse 33 and 35. It says that it says in God's grace, God's grace was so powerful, so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Do, do you see that? Do you see that God's grace changes people? It did then, and it does now. And I love this passage, though. I love it because not only were these people extremely generous, right? God had changed their heart, and they were very, very generous. But, but here's what they never said. They never said this. They never said, here's my money, but here's how I want you to spend it. Did you catch that? It says, they laid the money at the feet of the apostles. So because of this common belief, because of this belief they had, in Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord, because of their oneness in heart and mind, even though I'm sure every one of them had their opinions about how the money should be dispersed, they trusted that those who had been called to lead were praying and begging God to tell them how to best distribute it. Can I tell you this? Only as a new creation, only when Jesus Christ has changed our heart can you and I think and live like this. Every time I read this passage, I, I, I always go back to thinking about how incredible it would be to live in this type of environment. To, to be in a part of a church body that's trusting and growing in their relationship with God. Which then is allowed, what allows us through our common belief to truly be united as a body in oneness. A church that despite our differences, our diversity and our background would allow the blood of Jesus Christ to be the common bond that enables us to truly become brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and then it hit me. You see, one of the worst things that, that Pastor Rick can do for me is to say, I need you on this Sunday and you kind of take it and do what you want with it. That's the worst, because then I'm begging God, please tell me what to say. When he gives me the passage and I can go get it, I'm a whole lot better. But just begging God over and over, and he kept coming to this passage, and, and then he made me realize why. You see, this is exactly what we're trying to do right now. This is exactly what we're going through right now. And I believe that the momentum for all of this started with COVID. In the middle of a worldwide crisis, like none we'd ever seen, 
which caused so many people to be afraid and scared. You, you, this church, you continue to give faithfully every single week. And guys, that's what allowed us as a church to come out strong on the other side. And if we haven't said thank you enough, let me tell you again, thank you. Thank you. What an amazing thing it was. Well, then, after COVID, we started looking at what's next. And, and, and as a body, we began spending months praying for godly wisdom as we looked at next steps in this For the Kingdom campaign. This was a plan, for those of you who are new, this is a plan to continue building out the rest of our campus in order to maximize our ability to help those in need of spiritual, mental, physical, and relational assistance. And guys, our first mile marker would be this. The first thing we had, we had to do, we felt like to, to do this in a godly way, is pay off our initial investment. And then that was followed by saving for a family ministry center so that we would be better equipped to handle the growth that God has blessed us with with all these young families along with the last thing would be some upgrades to the worship center. And, and again, for those of you who may not have been here when we started this campaign, we kind of officially kicked this off in January of 2022. And at that time, our mortgage balance was $1,132,541.72. That's where we were at. Again, this congregation, this church, was not only continuing to give so that the church could operate, operate in a way that glorifies God, so that we could operate with excellence, but you've also been giving sacrificially above and beyond your regular offering for the last year and a half. And guys, God is blessing it amazingly. He is blessing it amazingly. Remember, just a year and a half ago, we were over 1.1 million, right? 1.1 million. And with the payments that we've made, along with pledges given for the month of October, and with the money transferred from our reserve account, we will be just under $200,000 left. Is that not incredible? Then it gets better. It gets better because as I was talking to Diane, she said that, that we will make our payments in November and December along with the estimated contributions that will come in from those two months. And she's saying by that, we should be somewhere at the end of the year around $150,000. $150,000 away from being totally debt-free. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But... but I want to let you know, what I like best about all this is how we've done it. What I like best is how we've done it. Because just like the early church, this all started with prayer. It started with prayer. Then we know that our common belief is the same as theirs, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And because of that and that only, we too now become capable of one in heart and mind. I think so many times we think that these were super Christians in the early church. Guys, 
They were simply changed by the blood of Jesus just like you and I. The Holy Spirit was placed in their heart just like you and I. Which means that you and I can do this as well. Isn't that an amazing, amazing thing? Because you see, it's that unity, it's that oneness that allows us to see and know that all we have is from God. That's the only way it's going to go that way. And that is what's going to allow us to be generous with what he's given us. But my favorite part is this. This church, this congregation is bringing the money and laying it at the apostles' feet. Let me, let me tell you why I say that. Because many of you no longer have small children and maybe no children at all. But despite the fact that it may not affect you or your family directly, you continue to give. You continue to give knowing that we as a church body have this incredible privilege of helping shape the next generation of Christians so that they may do the same one day as well. We have the ability to help those in the community that need assistance. You see, that is pure. That is cheerful. And that is God-honoring. That's Jesus coming out of us because Jesus is in us. So, so what do we do with all this, right? How do, we, how do we continue to keep the momentum going? What do we do to, to, to keep doing what we feel like God's called us to do? Let me give you a few things. The first thing is this. For those of you who are fairly new to CFCC, what we did is we placed some uh, information about the campaign on your seats today, and that's going to give you a little more about, you know, who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how, okay? And what I would ask is, please do this. Please, this is your church. Take some time. Read this. Study this. And then just start praying if maybe God would, would, would want you to get involved. And if not, don't do it, okay? But keep coming. This is not a request. This is simply God changing us and giving us the opportunity to grow. If you have any questions with that, please, please let us know. Secondly, so important, for those of you who are currently giving, please do this. Please continue staying in the Word daily. And continue praying that God will lead our efforts. You see, you and I, we will only continue to grow to become one in heart and mind if we continue to grow in our love and our desire to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Guys, we've been given 25 acres in one of the fastest growing areas in our nation. And we have an opportunity to be a light in a world that is rapidly growing darker. And, and here's the thing. This kind of love, this kind of love is so rare that people are going to ask why. This kind of love is so different. This is so different than what the world would do. And it's so rare that people are going to ask why. And that's when we get to point them straight to Jesus. That's why a lighthouse is attached to your information today. 
because we want to be that light for this area. The third step is this. It's, it's in your uh, information today. But here's how we'd ask you to pray. We want you to pray for God's provision, okay? Pray for God's provision as we continue to pursue his calling. If we do this, this our way, it's worthless. Pray that we will do this God's way. Pray for God's guidance so that we will continue to follow him day by day. Pray for God's glory as we love him and love others with grace and truth. And as we do this, he receives the glory. Pray for God's kingdom as we continue to grow and develop as his disciples. And then finally, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for God's eternity as we continue to pray for the salvation of others. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend some time corporately in prayer. Now, the, the, up in the altar will be open, or you can pray right where you're at in your seats. But for the next few minutes, what I want to do is this. I want to pray that God will continue blessing what we are trying to do. And then let's pray also that our common belief that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world will excite us, will grow us, and will cause us to become one in heart and mind. And then, guys, we want to pray that God will continue to allow us to be a light in a world growing darker. I need you to please hear this this morning. Please, don't, don't think that I'm trying to manipulate you in any way. The truth is, God doesn't need our money. What I'm trying to show you is that with a changed heart, with, with, the, with what happens inside of us, as the Holy Spirit comes to live, we become different. If Christ is in us, we can't help but care for other people. We've been given 25 acres. And if we just sit on it, that's not God honoring. We have to continue moving forward. We have to look and see what the needs are. And we've got to take that and continue to, to grow as a church. That's what God's called us to do. Today, you're going to either sit here and go, oh, they want my money. Or you're going to go, I get a chance to be a part of doing something amazing. And that's going to depend on your heart. God changes people. The blood of Jesus changes us. And if there is good in us, that is the reason why. One heart one mind. Yes, we're different. We have different thoughts, different ideas, different culture backgrounds, different personalities. But this one thing that we have in common is that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord. And that is our bond. That's our bond. Let's do this. Let's pray and ask God to really bless this.
Oh, Lord God, today. God, will you bless this church? You have done so much for us over the last 26 years. You have kept us steadfast. You have kept us growing in some tough, tough times. You have provided what we need. And God, you have been amazing. And today, God, Lord, today, may we continue to desire to do what you've called us to do. May we continue to desire to care for others. May it be a situation when one day we're in heaven seeing someone who got saved here in this church on this campus. God, may we truly understand we have everything we need to be one in heart and mind. May the common belief of Jesus Christ, may it just cleanse our hearts. God, may it make us brothers and sisters in Christ. And may we live in a way that people go, how, why? And then, God, may we point them to you. I saw a quote the other day, God, that said, we can't change the world until we quit acting like it. We have to be different, but we are different because of you. And I pray now, God, Lord, I pray that you bless this church for their faithfulness, for their willingness to give. But I pray, God, Lord, that we understand that we have to continue moving forward. That means prayer, study time, time with you alone. There is no checkbox. It's just us continuing to grow until you call us home. Help us, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.